This is Bloomberg Surveillance. OPEC's stranglehold over world oil is less than it was simply mathematically, and then the internal politics are much weaker than they were. There is a tremendous amount of market conjecture with respect to disinflation trajectory given the volatility of energy prices. Anyone who watches the IMF and reads their forecast, I think, knows that it takes them a while to get to where the world is going. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. It's 7 a.m. on Wall Street and 7 a.m. in the swamp, Gainesville, home of the University of Florida, where I am speaking on a panel today at the Warrington College of Business. We thank them for their hospitality. The news of the day in New York, signing of the Paris Agreement on Climate Change at the U.N. In just a moment, Tom, we'll have a, a very special guest, the Secretary of Energy, Ernest Moniz. First, let me give you a quick tour of the markets. Uh, mixed is the word. Europe is lower at the moment with the stock 600 down a point three tenths. Here in the U.S., the S&P E-mini futures are up three points a tenth. Dow E-minis are up ten points. That is just about a tenth. The 10-year note yield 1.87%. The five-year 1.34, 81 basis points for your two-year. And oil, a good lead into uh, this whole topic. Uh, West Texas is at 43.33, up by four tenths this morning. Brent crude 44.62 is up two tenths. Tom. Very good, Michael. Good morning, sir. You're in you're in Florida, right? I'm in Florida. Certainly uh, globally warmer down here. Globally warmer. Well, it's Earth Day, so you're down there with the the beasts of the Everglades. Uh, Bloomberg surveillance. This morning, brought to you by Invesco, markets may be volatile, but Invesco's value managers are finding high conviction opportunities. Find out where at Invesco.com slash interactive. He is the most interesting and hugely qualified Secretary of Energy. Uh, Secretary Moniz is um, out of Boston College, Stanford, and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, where other academics, I think, are pretty much in awe of his thinking on our physics. Mr. Secretary, to begin our discussion, how is our global physics right now? When we talk about Earth's warming and water, ice melting rather, ice melting, water rising, what's the urgency right now? Well, the urgency to, to respond is really, is really quite great. First of all, uh, there's no denying the, the patterns of uh, just uh, essentially every year seems to get warmer than the last, and uh, that is projected to be true this year. We've seen uh, sea level rise, uh, which amplifies the impact of, of, of storms on our, on our coastlines, patterns of drought. Uh, these are all uh, becoming quite evident, uh, quite in line with projections that have been made for a long, long time. Uh, we have a lot of inertia in the system from all the carbon dioxide we've put into the atmosphere. Uh, we have to start bending that curve dramatically right now, and that's why today's events in, in New York are so important. Uh, it's really a great day in terms of recognizing uh, the entire community of nations' uh, responsibility to, uh, to start addressing uh, in a serious way uh, this question of greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, and today uh, will go down, I think, in history as, uh, as a major turning point. Well, it may be, but it is just a small start down the path. Uh, the administration's compliance plan is on hold pending a Supreme Court re- review. That's complicated by the uh, inability, apparently, to fill that vacancy on the Supreme Court. And you get two leading Republican presidential candidates who are members of the Flat Earth Society and don't believe in global warming. So how fragile is this effort? 
Well, first, uh, I would agree with the characterization of the first step, although I would say it's a big first step. Uh, nevertheless, you're right. We will need more ambition going forward. Now, in terms of the debate uh, going on right now, uh, it's, it's quite clear, I think, that, first of all, uh, Mother Nature will keep uh, speaking to us uh, about our responsibilities, uh, the costs of adaptation uh, to this. Uh, Florida, for example, with sea level rise and, and extreme weather uh, is a good case in point. Uh, and uh, the public is recognizing this. Uh, I believe the, the overwhelming weight uh, of what nature is telling us and of public opinion uh, will keep us on this path. And I might say, in the United States, uh, you're right that the Clean Power Plan, uh, which is an important part of the Climate Action Plan, uh, has been stayed. That's not a ruling, and we are quite confident that the plan will go into effect. I also want to point out there are many other very important parts of the uh, Climate Action Plan uh, that are going forward full speed ahead, uh, things like efficiency standards for appliance, equipment, vehicles, uh, and, and, uh, uh, and the like. So uh, we're on track for our 2020 goals. We'll need to double down on our lowering our, our carbon emissions uh, uh, after that. Uh, and then we will need to be even more ambitious uh, in the longer-term future uh, and you won't be surprised that I, as a physicist perhaps, uh, see that continued technology innovation driving down costs will be an important part of that increased ambition right. in the United States and in you, other countries. You mentioned a very important word. The agreement has costs. Half the coal mined in the U.S. comes from bankrupt companies now. Uh, what's to be done with people who work in the energy industry that is no longer going to be wanted? Well, first of all, uh, I do want to emphasize that the significant reduction uh, in coal use in the United States uh, largely has come from the market dynamics of very, very low-priced low natural gas. Uh, now, just yesterday, uh, I conducted a meeting in Kentucky, which obviously is coal country. Uh, no one's going to uh, deny the facts uh, that uh, the coal supply chain is under uh, considerable stress as I mentioned, uh, mainly because of the low natural gas prices to date. But our message was, once again, uh, innovation uh, is very important because coal can still play a role in a low-carbon future uh, as we keep driving down the costs of carbon capture and sequestration. And secondly, uh, in coal country and everywhere else uh, in, in this country, uh, we will keep innovating, we will keep diversifying the economy, uh, and the administration is uh, pursuing this in multiple ways, uh, innovation for technology, right. uh, addressing directly the needs of, of families and communities in coal country, uh, and demonstrating uh, the new technologies. What would you like from big oil? They're sort of out there, and people either own the stocks and say thank you, and other people hate them and all that. You're a relatively balanced, rational, very smart guy from MIT. When you talk to them, what would you like from big oil? Well, first of all, let me say, whether it's big oil or any other uh, industry uh, uh, in the energy sector or energy-intensive industries, uh, I think what, what we need and what they need is to get the rules of the road uh, uh, laid out so that companies understand what the trajectory is in terms of uh, of carbon reduction. And then I feel confident that uh, companies uh, are very creative uh, in figuring out how to do their business in that world. The same is true for oil companies. Uh, we see a lot of them 
uh, looking to diversify uh, their uh, their portfolios. Uh, and secondly, uh, we as a country, uh, we remain major oil importers. Uh, we have to keep working on lowering our oil dependence. That means efficient vehicles. It means alternative fuels. It means electrifying our, our fleet. Uh, but again, let's get the rules right. of the road laid out. Let's have Congress uh, come to this legislatively, and our companies, I think, will do fine. Do, do you do you feel that price can work here? I mean, within price Chicago price theory or the microeconomics of MIT economics, can price actually work here, or is that just not a correct vehicle, and it's all got to be policy? Well, first of all, uh, as I said already, I mean, price, market dynamics uh, is what's been happening largely in this coal-to-gas uh, transition over the last uh, five to ten years. Uh, that's an example of market dynamics working uh, in the direction of lowering carbon emissions. Now, uh, in terms of the oil sector, uh, as, as I said, uh, we need to have policies uh, like efficient vehicles, uh, so-called CAFE standards, uh, and, uh, and the like, but I cannot leave the theme of innovation uh, as a major part of the of, of the solution. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I think I and Department of Energy, we are solutions people uh, through uh, adv- advancing our science and technology base. Mr. Secretary, honored to speak to you uh, this Earth Day and, of course, with the signing of COP21 uh, as well. It, Mike, it was something to be in Paris with Francine uh, Lacroix for that signing. I was really taken aback by the... Being there and seeing the sense of local, I did just simply, Mike, did not expect a international or national debate to be so localized as it was in Paris with each individual. Well, interestingly enough, um, I'm going to, uh, you know, do a shameless plug here for our boss, uh, Michael Bloomberg, who is, of course, the founder and majority owner of uh, Bloomberg LP, which owns this radio station, etc. He has a very interesting piece on the Bloomberg View website. Yeah. Suggesting that, um, as as Ernest, as Secretary Ernest Moniz is, it isn't the federal government that's going to solve the problem. That cities and states and Price, as you mentioned, are doing a lot, and he's actually quite optimistic that the U.S. Yeah. can meet its targets, whether or not Washington gets its act together. You you wonder uh, about the getting of the act um, together. Well, we said I remember the first Earth Day, Michael. You're too young to remember the. Oh, first I was there. I was there. What is this? This is Bloomberg Surveillance. This hour of surveillance brought to you by Volvo Cars White Plains. Visit volvocarswhiteplains.com. Here's Michael Barr with the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. President Obama has waded into the Brexit debate. The president, while in the U.K., wrote in an op-ed piece for The Telegraph, A strong Europe is not a threat to Britain's global leadership. President Obama will meet today with British Prime Minister David Cameron. Buildings have been lit up in purple as fans mourn the death of singer Prince. Madison Square Garden glowed in purple. An autopsy will be conducted today on Prince, who was 57. The death toll has climbed to 24 after an explosion at a petrochemical plant in Mexico. Bemex says 19 others were injured in Wednesday's blast. More on these and other stories coming up within the hour. Mike, Tom? Michael Barr, thanks so much. Uh, we look at equities, bonds, currencies, commodities. We do a sophisticated data check, except there's not much to check right now. Yen weaker, 110.57 with some dollar strength. But yen really st- sticks out for its weakness, 110.56 right now. Futures up three, 
from Florida, from New York, Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by your Tri-State BMW Centers. Visit them online at tristatebmw.com. At BMW, they make only one thing, the ultimate driving machine.